good world. You are now listening to the Power Post Game Report, but you already knew that, hopefully, if you're checking in with us and this far in. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Triple D, and across me, as always, is... This is Carlos D. What's up, my man? Not much, my man. Um, we're a little we're a little off our normal schedule, but it's all good. Somebody had birthday things to do, so for the fans out there, be sure to, to wish Carlos D. a happy belated birthday. How are things with you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Like uh, like ghosts, like you were just telling us. No one can stop us from doing this show, just like no one can stop ghosts. So we are back, episode 10 of the Power Post Game Report. We always finish what we start. So even though we're a little late, we are back with this episode. The mid-season finale. Um, a whole lot to unpack in this one, so we're going to try not to hold y'all too much. Uh, but what were what were your initial thoughts on this one? I, I uh, the acting has always been bad on this show, but the writer has normally been decent. I don't know what they I don't know if they all just say we're not gonna get no more paychecks, so we just don't care anymore. But these last three or four episodes, and including this episode, have been just badly paced. Um, the writing. Just a lot of it makes no sense. They just leave so many holes and so many gaps. And maybe they just, you know, got too smart and they're overthinking themselves. Or maybe it's all going to pay out in the second half of these last five episodes. But they just leave too many things. I, I'm almost I'm almost done with power. I'm ready to be like, forget power. Uh, the way that they have done these last few episodes. The drastic character changes. The storylines that don't make any sense. I'm fine. I'm finding it hard to follow and hard to be to participate with the show anymore. What do you think about it? Uh, I'm pretty much in the same vein. Like this episode was a mess. Um, it's like it. Everything you said, like the acting has always been a little suspect. Um, and the weird thing about this one was the acting wasn't that terrible. It was just the writing that betrayed everybody. It, like if you if you gave me uh, the first, the last four or five seasons of this episode's portrayal of these characters, it's a completely different show. Mm-hmm. Um, off top, if you give me the ghost that showed up in this episode, honestly, not until the second half of the episode. Um, you give me uh, four or five seasons of this ghost, I'm f- I would be fully on board with the with the f to- the f ghost bandwagon. Yeah. But, like, you had this dude come do a complete 180 on his victory lap, and you don't, you, you didn't justify it. But we'll, you know, we'll, I, yeah. obviously we'll we'll get into it. But um, when I was done with this, I was just kind of just, I just kind of sat there. And when it all settled, I was just, I was like you. I was just like, you know what? That This is how I knew it was bad. I had the thought of, like, if those last five episodes leak early, I might watch, I'll probably watch them just to get this over with. Because the way this thing ended, it 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 was it almost felt like a, a slap in the face um if anyone should be mad but probably isn't it should be 50 cent because for as much crap as he's talked on social media about pa- uh, not about power about game of thrones and empire it's re- it's it's karma that his show that i mean he, obviously he doesn't write on the show but his show is now suffering from the exact same issues now that we're here coming towards the end yeah like i, like I, said, I don't get it um i don't know if they, like i said i don't know if they just checked out or they just got too many ideas and didn't know how to like really put them into play 
or did they get a whole new writing cast? But this let it's just been let's just get into it because it's just so many plot holes and so many different things that I don't understand. Uh, we might as well just start talking about them and just see what each other's thoughts are about all the different things yeah. that happen moving forward. Yeah, before we start, like I, I'm with you on being flabbergasted, like. And it's it. I I don't know for sure, but I honestly can say that the writing has been inconsistent for a while. Um, with a hard like that's that's a hard statement. And I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this one. There's one quick example, then we can dive in. Um, early was it? It was either the beginning of this season or middle of last season when Tasha finds out that if she if she initiates a prenup. Um, she gets nothing. I want to say that was the beginning of this episode. I think. I mean, yeah, it was earlier this season. The end of this season. Yeah. So maybe a month ago, I was just I had some time to kill, and I threw on an episode from either season three or four, and it's literally Tasha trying to initiate the prenup, and the lawyer telling her if you initiate this prenup, you get nothing. So to see her try and do it again at the beginning of this season and act as if it's the first time she's heard it when it's clearly on record that she's tried this before and got the same response. It's it's inconsistency and, and a bit of laziness in, in writing continuity. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's let's dive on in here. We uh, we open up with uh, James in a weirdly perfectly made bed. Um <laughs> in a hotel room that I, this is clearly morning. So I don't know if he slept on the floor or maybe he's one of those cats that just sleeps on top of the comforter, but um, getting the good news that he's about to be announced that uh, he's going to be running for, uh, he's going to be on the ticket as Lieutenant governor. Um, well, not well, actually at this point, it hadn't been announced. It, this, it was made and made public that he was leaving Tate's campaign. Mm-hmm. Um this also, of course, comes after he's leaving a voice message to Tariq, um, pretty much just saying we need to talk about everything that went down. And um, what did you think of that that opening scene? Uh, I mean, th- to me, this started down this this whole lieutenant governor thing, this ghost and politics things has been one of the worst um, plot introductions that they have brought into the show. Uh, I still don't understand it, and you know, I guess I, I I vaguely understand in the sense that okay, we know we we as the viewing audience know dr- uh, his past. He's a murderer. He's a drug dealer, and all this stuff. And I guess if he's never technically been busted, other than the one thing with the the murder of uh, Greg Knox that he was exonerated for, he didn't have a history of getting arrested thousands of times when he was coming up. He never really got busted. They've always had his suspicions. Then maybe I can understand him passing these background checks and him being um, a lieutenant governor candidate. But I don't understand why a, a person as smart as Ghost, who has done so much to hide that part of his life, would want to open himself up to that. Because even him just having his face on the news as a person, okay, the entire New York doesn't know that he's Ghost. But a lot of people know he's Ghost. A lot of street people know he's Ghost. A lot of people will try to profit off of him. Um will probably try to blackmail him about what this information will probably come forward. So I don't see a, a person as smart as him or a character that has been as smart as him and in the scheme as him that wouldn't want to be so happy to be involved in this. But you saw in this episode, he was full fledged into this. I'm going to be up in Albany. He kept mentioning how many times he's going to be in Albany. And when he gets to Albany, the Latina government thing never made sense to me. And I still don't understand why they were pushing it so hard. So that already started me down the wrong path of like, what the hell is going on in this episode? That he would actually want this job. 
Um, what what you know? What you think about that? Um, I was kind of on board. Where it's just like it, on paper, it makes absolutely no sense that um, this is even an idea. But one thing that they did kind of do right was that they, on multiple occasions, they mentioned that he's been exonerated. Like they, the team, like the media team, got ahead of it, and um, it's been it's made. Um, literally, honestly, I want to say in the very next scene with uh, Warner and Sachs, um, they they paint the picture that like, yeah, he's been exonerated, this and that, and criminals run for politic political uh, spaces all the time, and that that kind of bought me over as you know what, as ridiculous as it sounds, he probably could do this. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a gang of people in in power who are criminals you know in real life and had been before they actually became elected officials so it was like okay that took some of the ridiculousness out of it as far as whether or not it could actually happen it made me a tiny bit of a believer that you know what maybe he could do it um but for the most part i'm kind of on the same boat of like after all this time why would you want to put yourself in the public eye um and i the only thing i can think of that would kind of make it make sense is that for as long as Ghost has been trying to get out of the criminal, the criminal light, um, this is this is one of those jobs where it's just like, if he does, you know, make it and he actually does do it, him getting that background check was probably like his, his uh, kind of like his, I don't know how to put it, um, his, his secure. I guess like oh gosh, I don't uh, his verification that you're like you know what if they couldn't find anything on me, this the Democrats who I'm sure dug deep mm-hmm. if they can't find anything on me I should be good, which realistically it's like you know you should know you should you shouldn't be doing this anyway but if I know a Dem- the Democratic Party digs this deep into me and they can't find anything on me. I'd, I'd probably breathe a little easier. Like you, it's literally like all your crimes, you've gotten away with them. Like it's been verified mm-hmm. because we checked and we couldn't find anything. And it, for a guy like Ghost, who's done a lot of crimes, it, like that's got to be a big sigh of relief. Like if you couldn't figure this out, um, I don't see anyone else figuring this out. If I go down, it's got to be from somebody on the inside. Right. Uh, yeah, it seemed like it totally legitimized him as, as this. Yeah. Non-drug dealer businessman. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like the, this is finally the sign he's been looking for that like, I can do this. I can be, I can be separated from the drug life. Cause like we've said a billion times from jump, that's all he's ever really wanted. Um, before we move on, there, there was a quick note I had, I had um, during the, the previously on power thing. There were, there were two, there was one main thing that kind of stuck out to me. Um, we were talking about how it was ridiculous that Ghost would commit all these crimes and he just leaves Terry Silver's car, well, body in a trunk of a car. So it's stated in that that previous, you know, previously on power, um, the parking lot that they were into was decommissioned. So for lack of a better term, it was abandoned. So I was like, okay, that, that kind of cleans it up, but it's like, how are we to know that? Like, it, it seems sloppy. And the fact that, like, you, they, I honestly think that they had to toss that in there to to quiet the people they know were talking about the fact that it was ridiculous that ghosts would just leave the body there. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically, it was it was abandoned. 
and um, that was their their scapegoat. The second thing was that with Tariq, at the very least, he's trying. Like you know, calling him first thing in the in in the episode, like let's talk this out. Like he hasn't fully given up on Tariq, uh, despite his his dumbness. And um, another thing that stuck out to the le- on top of that, uh, and I was. I kind of gave her the the actor um, that plays Tariq a whole lot of praise on his, you know, the way he acted out that last scene of last week, um, despite the fact that the speech itself was bull. Um, he likes to say fucking a lot. Uh, like you, that's the like if you watch most of his stuff once they've given him more lines, that scene alone had like four fuckings in it. Mm. So it's it's I, it it kind of took the power out of it. No pun intended. Cause it was just like, yeah, he, he, he overuses it and he leans on it mad heavy. Um, but yeah, those are just two observations. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of, go ahead. Now I said, I never noticed that. I've never really paid attention to, uh, what Tariq says. I mean, I, I get what he says, but I never really got into what his words were saying. I have to go back and look at that. Check it out. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, observation, and um, someone not observing their surroundings. Uh, Warner walks into his own office head down and uh, finds an awaiting sax who uh, obviously shouldn't be there and got in, got in with a, an ID that shouldn't work anymore, uh, trying to plead his case as to why they still need to keep searching um, Eden and St. Patrick, as mm-hmm. he so longingly ca- calls them, and uh, is being threatened to be taken out by security. Um, how did you feel about that? And uh, just Sax finally trying to get this this last word in. I, I mean, I just like the the way Warner was so no nonsense about it. He was like, "Look, Sax, you don't work anymore. You keep on with these crazy ideas or these theories, um, and, and I'm just tired of it. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it. We gave you enough chances. We gave you more than enough chances, and you failed every time we gave you a chance. Or you got somebody hurt. You got somebody killed, and just enough. So why are you here?" Stop being around us. Stop bringing these crazy ideas to us. You're done here. And I just, I, I just like that Warner wasn't on no, on no craziness. He was just flat out like, it's over. Be gone. I'm tired of seeing you. So I, I love this scene. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sick of sacks. And Warner finally, well, at least attempting to shut him down at this part of the episode was great for me. Definitely, uh, two of my favorite parts of that scene were um, the exit where he tells security, like, you touch me, I'm punching dick. Yeah. Which is um, hilarious. You know, like that. Yeah, gotta flex that white privilege because black people are just hoping to make it out of a security situation uh-huh. in, in one piece. The second thing is when he when uh, Warner tells him like uh, he said something along the lines of like what did they tell you did they tell you all this when they tied when they had you tied up and he was like that really happened and he he I, like that was hilarious to me because yeah they did tell him he's telling the truth in that instance that they actually did tie him up and mm-hmm. tell him this stuff. But, you know, because of the way things have fallen, obviously he's, he's not going to be, uh, not going to be blamed. Um, so from there we go to uh morning brunch with mm-hmm. Moses and whatnot. Uh, Loretta is Lorette. 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 Lorette yeah. yeah. Lorette is, um, pretty much, congratulating him for being free of Tate and uh, telling him, you know, 
their plans, you know, also again, facilitating that, um, they knew he was a drug dealer and they still picked him. That's, that was the, like the last thing of like, you know what, maybe he can be a Lieutenant governor. I don't think he's going to, but I can suspend my belief because I'm pretty sure a whole bunch of shady characters have made it into positions of power in office. Mm-hmm. Um, but we find out that she is trying to get behind the QCP uh, production um, as part of her, her campaign, I guess, uh, the, the booking of her campaign. Um, and unfortunately, James has to inform her that the QCP has been shut down for reasons. And uh, Loretta gives him the the ultimatum that you need to get that locked down or um, one, I'm not going to pick you, put you on the ticket. And two, I'm going to grab Tate. How did you feel about, uh, well, I mean, we can really do it cause this is more, this is more Lieutenant governor stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, this, this whole QTP thing can just turn into a bunch of nonsense over the course of the last couple of years, because I understand Tate blocked the things, but if they already had a deal in place where they had started to build on it, I know deals fall apart from time to time, but it, I don't understand how they can just shut down an entire project. Um, so as far as I'm just, I'm just sick of hearing about the QCP. Uh, and then as far as the second part of it, I wasn't surprised. Um, they pretty much told Ghost in the episode before that uh, this Loretta lady was only using him for the black vote. And if he wasn't useful to help her get the black vote, then they would dump him quickly. So I wasn't shocked by her behavior. I wasn't shocked that she said that if you can't deliver this project, that you'll be dumped off the ticket like that. Um, so this, th- this didn't tell me nothing that I didn't already know what was going to happen. Um, it just, um, you know, it didn't do nothing for me. It did help to transition to the next scene, which I did think uh-huh. was, a, was a, a scene that I enjoyed. Um, so them having the brunch, I mean, if, unless you got something to say, I, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, so no. sick we, of that. That's actually the perfect segue because it's like, I already said it in, in, in stating what the scene was about. Um, but yeah, go ahead. That was in, that's where we're going next. Yeah, going so I did scene. enjoy the next scene where Ghost goes back to his old neighborhood, um, and he meets his uh, I think his guy's name Uncle Gabe. Um, yeah, I like this because I feel like we have never really got a lot of backstory about as far as Ghost. Like we knew he was nope. he grew up in Queens, we knew he used to sell drugs, and he grew up with Tommy then, but we didn't really get any real details about his life. So I liked how we got to meet uh, somebody who knew him as a child. Um, I also really like the actor. I think his name is Glenn. Tournament he used to in different world back in the day. He's been on a couple of different shows over the years. So I always enjoy stuff that he was in. Um, so I liked that. I liked how we got a little bit of backstory about Ghost's dad and how Ghost's uh, dad had passed away because of him trying to stand up to, I guess, the neighborhood dealers or whatever. And to see his son end up being kind of the boogeyman after um, his father died at the hands of those types of people was a, it was an interesting dynamic. Um, and then I think this also outside of um, Brainer, you also see some some of the motivation of Ghost wanting to be a good man or be a better man because I think that's what his dad, um, from the way they portrayed the scene, his dad was. So I, I really enjoyed the scene. I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed them and get because at first I was like, what is this bullshit? But once they got into the details of it and they got to talk about the Ghost's backstory, um, I I really did enjoy this particular scene. Yeah, um, pretty much all of that. Like I was happy to see some some actual backstory into into well James into James or Jamie um, before the ghost days and before the Canaan days. It's just like, for as long as I can remember, and this is coming as someone who binged it, I don't think they've ever made mention of his actual 
family. Um, ghost is literally a ghost in his backstory. All we know is that one day he linked up with Tasha. He had been friends with Tommy forever. And, you know, this was, and he once was in love with uh, Angela. But we don't know anything about his actual upbringing. We just knew that he was a corner boy that that made it big. Um, so the introduction of him was was pretty dope. Um, honestly, and, you know, obviously, this is what we would do if we had the power to do so. Um, this season should have been, in my in my opinion, this season should have been the the throwback, uh, the the prequel, the pre the prequel story of everything leading up um and then you get one more season where it's you know this season that we're experiencing now but obviously better written and we we get it we have a better understanding of the characters but you know uh wishful thinking um i believe from there does he go i want to say he goes straight to the uh the gravesite from there hmm I don't want to. I, I yeah. do know. Uh, well, we. we I. I want to say. I mean, if that's where you got to take it, then my next note just talks about Blanca. Uh, Blanca giving up the information on Silva. Um, to Warner. Okay, then you, you're absolutely right. The next scene is definitely um back at back at the AUSA's the district attorney office. Um. Yeah. Which. Go ahead and go into that scene. Uh, so this is the scene where Warner. Uh, I think Blanca goes to Warner. Basically saying we got another shot at ghosts. We got this information, and to me, I once again I like Warner in this particular scene because he, he like he's not about like the fuck shit. He's not about taking uh, no shortcuts or X Y and Z. He like look, we got to be airtight on this. We didn't already tried this dude. Um, he made us a laughing stock by beating us the last time and made it seem like we were nothing but a bunch of corrupt people and all this. So if you bring me half information or have sloppy police work, I don't want it because I can't do nothing with it. And that's what I think will, hap will happen in most of these offices in real life. Like the federal the federal prosecutors don't, uh, it's the reason why they got like a 98% conviction rate is because they don't bring bullshit to in front of judges. They don't bring half-hearted shit. They, they thoroughly make sure that they, whoever they're going to prosecute, they got. So I loved how he was like, look, okay, You've got this self information, but he got into the details. It was like, how'd you get this? How'd you get this? Uh, okay, so what? He could have went to the Queen Charles Project a thousand times. Who cares about the dirt? Where'd that phone come from? All that type of stuff I loved. I loved how Warner was finally somebody in that office that was above reproach, uh, at least at this particular part of the episode, and was not about to take no half-ass work uh, just to try to put a case out there. Uh, yeah, he's definitely serving as the the voice of reason in, all, in this this chaos. Um, and he does question Blanca whether or not she's drinking the Kool-Aid and he's able to assess that like she is turning into sex like he she she sees a, a finish line and she's doing everything she can to cross it and it's 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 gonna start leading her down a, ba a bad path of becoming a law enforcement officer she doesn't want to be mm -hmm. um, in this we we get the the dots connected that um, ghost killed silver in one location and then moved the body to another location. Mm -hmm. So he did ditch the body. Um, but like you said, I'm glad that that Warner called around on the fact that like, how would she know that that's where 
Yeah. He took the body. His first thing was like, this implicates Tasha. Like the fact right. that she knew exactly what his body was is more of a reflection of her doing something wrong and not necessarily ghosts, any evidence that ghosts had anything to do with this guy dying. So I loved all right. that. And this also unfortunately implicates the writers as being bad at this sometimes because Blanca says, and it, this makes perfect sense, um, Silver weighs like 200 pounds, is like six plus. Um, Tasha is tiny com- in comparison. There's no way she killed him and then moved the body. Um, we we did get the fact that Ghost confessed to killing ter- to killing Silver, but at least never on screen does he tell her where the body is. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she knew where the body is is a hole. It's either a we have to assume that she that he told her off screen, or b he's used that body for he's used that that decommissioned airport parking garage for body drops in the past. Yeah, but I feel like even go um, I don't feel like Ghost would go back to. Keep dropping bodies in the same place. I don't, that just don't right. seem like his mindset. But we'll see. I mean, th- th- I mean, we, we right. can only take what the writers give us, and th- that's what they gave us. So, right. So, speaking of um, Blanca drinking the Kool Aid, she decides to go back to the immediately go to the Kool Aid Man and take him to Tate's uh, headquarters. Right. And to me, get... not to control, but to me, this is just more stupid stupidness on Blanca's part. At this point, Sax has been fired. I know yeah. he's helping her with the case, but she should not take him on anything that's a part of the official case because they're going to have to explain to a judge or somebody else why this guy, who is not law enforcement anymore, who is not a part of this case, who was fired for misconduct regarding this case, is still involved with questioning witnesses, still involved with going to crime scenes. In real life, she would not, she would maybe be with him privately and get his advice or his feedback, but she would not be taking him to interact with people who may, may may be a part of building this case down the line. So it was just annoying me that she was always bringing Saks places when in real life, no cop would do such a thing. Well, no right. cop who has been as smart as she has been or as good as, she is, as she's been portrayed to be, um, at least during this season. You're absolutely right. Um, they, and this is, like you said, uh, one of the instances of the writers betraying the character. Um, However, they go to approach Councilman Tate um, and inform him, inform him that they're investigating James St. Patrick. And we get easily, I hope this is a gift by the time this episode comes out, if it's not already. But we get Councilman Tate doing his best How the Grinch Stole Christmas smirk <laughs> or grin. Uh, that was the That was probably one of the most hilarious things of the episode. Um, was this this ever the opportunist um, just gearing up to give the police whatever they want and the interesting thing about it was in the beginning he's still kind of reserved he's still kind of holding back and he's trying to figure out ways to like to dry snitch without really full on snitching um, but Sax is so hell bent that he doesn't ask the question he doesn't ask the type of questions that Tate can can dry snitch too um we also get uh him completely crossing the line and releasing informing tate that silver died was well excuse me that silver was killed and uh, you get a real visceral reaction of the fact that like he's he he's dead for one and he he has an idea that like for all the trash i've been talking 
it's possible that Ghost killed this guy. This guy that I've been talking a whole lot of trash to has has killed the guy. Um, so we get Sax just pretty much as, well, not pretty much, coercing. Um, coercing the statement that he needs to get Blanca her warrant. And we get Blanca getting her... Um, her her first dose of regret like you see it in her face of like what have i done allowing myself to get roped in with this guy mm-hmm. but obviously we're here now um and it's, yeah at any, that point it just is on i mean at that point like i said you you pretty much summed it up perfectly um we saw this is when blanca really started um feeding into the dark side and i think she started being just as bad as every other cop that's been on this episode where she's just so hell-bent on getting this guy that she just forgets all ethics and all morality when it comes to being um, a cop. So she just stopped. She, she literally does nothing. She lets Sachs, who is not even supposed to be there, not even a part of law enforcement anymore, basically spoon feed something to a person to get a false um, statement to get what she wanted, which was that warrant to, to search, search Ghost's hotel room. So I think this was like the very slippery slope of Blanca just doing everything she did throughout the rest of this episode. Um, and being just as bad as everybody else who's been in front of her, to include Sax, Angela, um, what was his name? Uh, the dude that was working for Lobos, uh, Sanford or Sandoval, whatever his name was. Sandoval. Sand, yeah. So I, I think this was the end of Blanca being that, you know, just morally righteous person and her just totally going to the side of just doing whatever she can uh, to try to get what she ultimately wants, which ultimately, if you watch this show long enough, that will, it happens to everybody on the show. Everybody ultimately yeah. just wants the power or wants something and will do whatever they can to get what they want without worrying about how it affects anybody else. Indeed. So the next scene, as soon as I saw the back of his head, I knew it. I knew it was Simon Stern. And all I could think was, what is this fool about to say? Uh, we get a quick scene with Simon Stern. Uh, Ghost is asking him for money so yeah. he can buy the spot. Um and we, in classic Stern fashion, he, he tips toes on the uh, the racist comment. Of course. Talking about how much he loved uh, to sneak out and go see jazz and how the women and their brown skin mm-hmm. and luckily Ghost cuts him off. Uh, but we also get the comment that, and we also get the kind of the the uh, the, the character betrayal, betrayal of Ghost, uh, where he's already talking as if he's already won. Um, like these, he's, he's talking as, as the, the, the victory has already happened or, you know, I'm, I'm, you got a friend in Albany and I can do this for you and I can do that for you. He hasn't even been announced as being on the ticket yet for Mm -hmm. one and two, he, they've got him, the writers have him dipping into this white privilege Kool-Aid where he already feels like he, he's untouchable. Um, it's just, it's lazy writing. Because if this white woman who's going to be the governor isn't, you know, they, they're not going to let this white woman who plans on being governor have her way with everything. What makes you think you, a black man, should be this confident that you're going to be able to do whatever you want? Yeah, especially as just the second person, the second person in in, in charge, not even the full right. governor, not even the full person ahead. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, just bringing Stern back was just a way to showcase what girls gets the money. Because half of the season they've been crying how Ghost is broke, and so to get the money for the QCP, uh, the writers went out of their way to make to show where the money comes from. Even though they have spent the majority of this uh, season in this episode not filling in any blanks, so that was cool that they actually did that. 
Um, but you, like I said, you, this was the beginning of Ghost starting to be on that real power trip, that real ego trip, where he's always talking about Albany like he's already in charge when he hasn't even, like you said, been officially announced. And the only way he even is going to get on the ticket is if he secures his funding. So it was, um, it was interesting kind of start of this ego power trip that he is on throughout this episode, uh, that, which really was annoying. Yeah. Um, to close it out, uh, he, although he wanted something in return, um, Stern, he, he makes the, the statement that like, I'm the only real friend that you have, um, which makes me curious. And th- this could be me just being hopeful that, you know, he has a role in one of these last five episodes. Um, honestly, the way this one ended, all bets are off, but I, I reserve hope that maybe somehow, despite how crappy of a person he's been, maybe Stern comes through for Ghost. Um, but, you know, we shall see. So, um, in the transition of the next scene, well, to the next scene, I should say, uh, we get Stalker Vision number one. Um, at the beginning, who did you think it was initially? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was probably Tommy. Just because okay. uh, the way the last episode ended. My first thought was um, one of Midage's guys, uh, possibly the Drago dude. Okay. Um, so we were back in, in Ghost Pristine Hotel, and uh, we get a, a dope transition to reveal the return of Ghost Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I enjoyed this scene. Mm-hmm. I know people hate Angela Valdez. Because, you know, it, there's some reasons for it, but most of them go OD because, uh, you know, it's the wave. But I, I like what they did with her and the other ghost uh, visions, the ghost of Christmas past uh, visions that come up later. And using it as a device that shows like this is him kind of reconciling with himself, um, him becoming a different person and having to shut certain things of his of himself down or out um, in order to become that new person uh, in his eyes, a person he's always wanted to be. Obviously this isn't the way he wanted to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure if he could go back, uh, he, he, he wouldn't have done it in such a carnage filled way, but you know, you need a story to fill five, six seasons. Um, what did you think of uh, his, his conversation with, uh, with ghost Angie? I mean, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think this was a good closure point for her. Um, you know, of course, he's talked to himself. He's not talking to a real ghost, but it was finally him wrapping up his mind with around the fact that uh, Angie is gone. She's not coming back. While he loved her, it's time for him to move on and that he can't be happy outside of her or without her and, you know, still have love for her, but move on. Because I think this is also the conversation where he tells her about Ramona and the things we have been watching them flirt throughout the entire season um, and how he feels like he could be happy with her, um, even though he loved Angie a lot. So I, I feel like this was a, a nice final chapter for Angie. I don't think we should ever have to see her again. Um, but it kind of closed the door on the fact that she is really gone. And then Ghost has closed that chapter on his life and he's ready to move on to um, not only opportunities in his professional career, but also in a romantic career. Well, not romantic career, but his romantic life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe this leads to the the quick meeting with uh oh yeah he meets up with Ramona at Truth and gives her the good news mm-hmm. and then he just throws the lips on her yeah and this is where it got strange for me because it's like the only 
the only interest I've seen was pretty much her kind of, sh- you know, getting close to him. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked every at every turn, it seemed like he did everything he could to keep it business. Right. You know, I like I never I never got the the inkling that he was even into her. Mm. See, so, I, I, you know. I don't think that's so. I, I feel like they had some mutual flirting or mutual attraction in a couple of scenes throughout the season. I think definitely she was much more into him or they the way that it was filmed and showcased. It seemed like that she was catching feelings for him way stronger way before he was. Because I think he was still dealing with the Angela death. Um, but once he finally said goodbye to Angela, I think they kind of just made it seem like, okay, he, he is fully into her. So I think there was some flirting, though, that I saw from his part. And I don't think it was just kind of one-sided. But it was definitely more heavy on her side than his uh, from what I was noticing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I didn't I, – I knew this is where it was going. But, like, I don't know. From, from my standpoint, it just felt like it was – well, it was obviously more her than him. But, like, I, I kept thinking that, like, he was keeping her uh, – just at arm's length, just for the fact that, like, yeah, the last girl I tried to date was literally killed just a, a maybe a week or two ago. Yeah, right. So, because, uh, you know, it's hard to pinpoint time frames in this, yeah. uh, which makes this even weirder. Like, if if all of this season went down and, like, you could, uh, you could, you could easily make the case that this season took place in a span of maybe three weeks. Uh, I would say a month to the- six weeks at the most. You said a month, a month, a month, and six a weeks? month to six weeks at the most. I think two six weeks. All this happened. That's. I still feel like you you have the image of Angela getting shot right in front of you in your head for you to be throwing the lips on yeah. another on another woman, especially that, who's honestly, supposed to be the love of your life or whatever. Right, and you've only met this woman for maybe a month because you got to remember that she doesn't come in until like episode two or three, mm-hmm. maybe. But you know, TV. Uh, we get Blanca going full court press, um, sneak and peek. Got her her team of uh, <laughs> uh, snoopers in hotel gear with their gloves and combing through his stuff. Uh, we get the unnecessary line of the dude saying that uh, we don't. This isn't our first rodeo um, because you know we we needed that in this. Oh, this extra long episode. <laughs> we'll come back to that at some point. So they find first they find the shoe with a possible dirt sample. Yeah, because Ghost just been walking around with dirty ass shoes for a year and a half, however long it's been. It's so annoying. Right. Which I'm not even mad at the fact that the shoes look scuffed up and a little dirty at the bottom. I just feel some kind of way that that whole groundbreaking thing was God knows how long. Like the fact that the sole of a slick dress shoe. Yeah, could contain just the right of all the time he'd been walking around. They say like I'm the sure gate was, was caked on steel, and no way that right. it would have still been that much dirt on that bottom of that shoe at all. But you know, and he didn't move from house to house. He would have noticed them dirty shoes because he, you know, this is not his normal home. He didn't move from the condo, not the condo, the penthouse to the hotel. So that made me, you know, that was kind of annoying. Rightfully so. Um, then of course we get the payoff quote, yeah. <laughs> quote unquote, where she, uh, she finds the phone and, and furthermore going down the, the path of, uh, being a bad police officer. Um, obviously, you know, when she says, you know, can we get a tech to open it? I'm like, okay, that's smart. Maybe clone it, 
mm-hmm. and then take it home and take the and take the clone home. Yeah. Nope. As we will find out later, she just takes the whole phone. Yeah. And her even taking the phone smart. is a violation of the warrant. Right. So, you know, because that's smart. Uh, we get the announcement of uh, Lieutenant Governor Ghost. Mm-hmm. Obviously not Lieutenant Governor Ghost, but hopefully soon to be Lieutenant Governor uh, James St. Patrick. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe that this announcement, like every other announcement on this show, is taking place in truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're also seeing that um, as for the past three, four seasons, truth has no security because Tommy just walks right on in. Right. Um, granted, he's a white dude, so they probably didn't, no one probably questioned him. Um, but just waltz right on in, posts up, yeah. and, uh, you know, lets him make his announcement and all that good stuff. Uh, I don't feel like there's a bunch to unpack there. Nah, um, just Tommy walking around. Like I said, same, I'll just know the same thing you noticed. Tommy was just creeping around in the shadows, and then Ghost giving his normal, oh, I'm so proud speech, oh, so happy to get the chance, opportunity, yada, yada, yada stuff. So let's say I don't think nothing in this really advanced the show other than it went from a news clipping to an official he is the lieutenant governor pick, um, which I think added to his egomaniac behavior in this episode. All right. So we get second stalker view um of the show. At this point, this is where I switched to okay, because of the way that the inside of the car looked. Okay, I think this is Tommy. Oh, okay. Were you st- were you still, was it you thinking Tommy like pretty much the whole way through? Yeah, and today met, and today actually met up and had their little discussion uh-huh. wherever they were in that junkyard or whatever they were. I thought it was Tommy in every sequel. Any type of creep scene, I thought it was Tommy. Okay. So, um, we, this is where he goes to visit Raina's Raina's grave, grave yeah. Um, we find out that Raina's middle name is Estelle. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, they they put baby girl on the on the tombstone, yeah, which is kind of weird. And um, I was listening to another podcast. They said that the the birth date and death date weren't on the tombstone. It wasn't. I can't confirm that. That's all I was it looking wasn't? for. That's all I was looking for. So I was trying to. Pay, no, I'm, all, I'm like I said, you you don't know how much time passed on this show. So I was just trying to place the time. And yeah, I know I we. You. So, I, but they didn't have it. They didn't have her when she was born or when she died. Just the baby girl, That's loving daughter, or whatever it was. That's an overstate, um, and not a great one. Um, but we get him again, just kind of, just kind of, you know, pouring his soul. Um, just, I don't know. Like I, I, I appreciated it. I wasn't really, I wasn't super moved by this particular scene involving uh, Reyna. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think they could have just avoided scene. this scene and just went with the scene they had with her. Ghost later in the episode because I feel like this was just, uh, you know, just this was just like extending the runtime of the episode. We didn't need to see him at the grave talking to the grave, and then also him having an interaction with her ghost later in the episode. Uh, so I just kind of uh, made this episode longer for no reason. And if they just wanted yeah. to throw in an argument with him and Tasha, they could have the right. argument Tasha argument anywhere else without having to be at the gravestone. Right. I was just about to say. Um, for like a split second, I was like, I like the fact that we get um, the revelation from Tasha that she comes to the grave site every week, mm-hmm. um, which we could have used earlier in the series, maybe a, a season or two ago. But um, I was like, I kind of I appreciated that for a split second. And then she immediately goes into petty mode. Um, so I 
I'm totally with you. It's like, this is a waste of five minutes or so. Mm -hmm. Um, We do get Ghost apologizing. Um, Granted, like, there's no, I mean, I don't know how you apologize for him and somebody up. Um, But, you know, I guess he did his best. Yeah. Uh, But we also get him saying that, like, you're, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and let you out of the marriage because that was, that was a point um, in the series where she, she wanted out of this marriage, but he pretty much kind of, he blocked it. Yeah. And that was uh, because of the advice of Tate and the advice of Ramona about them right. having a, fa- a you know strong family front to whatever. At that point, they were, I don't even understand why they needed to have it. Cause they weren't, he wasn't running for anything at that time. He was just kind of Tate's friend, but, um, yeah. You know, I, I, it was good to see. I mean, his his apology was some bullshit. Uh, he kind of apologized for the course of their life to that point, and it was good that he was like finally letting Tasha go. Cause I feel like a lot of this, um, and Tasha not a victim, but I feel like she has been held hostage a lot by Ghost and Ghost's actions. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the is through fault of her own, and then some of it is through the fact that he is a controlling kind of person. Um, so I, I was I was glad that he was letting her go and releasing her. Right. And it the the weird thing about it was like he 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 tells her this and he, he comes clean that, you know, he's seeing Ramona and everything and he's telling her like, you know, you wanted to be free of me to do your own thing and be you and do you and I don't know if this is acting or writing, but she still looked unhappy. Like any any chances of you two trying to salvage this went out the window seasons ago. Mm-hmm. But like she still looked like, nope, I'm not satisfied. Like I'm still going to get you for something. I think a part um, of that is just that hurt from the fact that she has been like constantly rejected by him. I mean, to mm-hmm. her, she didn't have the issues that he had with their marriage. She never tried to leave the marriage initially. Um, he did basically tell her to her face that Angela was the love of his life. And then so right. quickly he goes from Angela to now he's with this Ramona chick, uh, not chick, Ramona woman, um, and now that she's the, the the new love of his life, and he's known her all for five minutes. So this woman is giving him three children, has been by his side through his entire time, and then now uh, when he's at the peak of his life, he's basically throwing her away. And now that you know that that's when he can release her, when that she's at the low point, um. And then, you know, but it's actually even the last episode, he shut down her business. So now what does she have? And now now he want to give her freedom. He did everything to hurt her and put her at her lowest level. That's just my kind of thoughts on it. Uh, I can see that. But at the same time, I don't even think I don't I don't think he was going that far. Um, I think some of it some of it was them being petty with each other of if you do this to me, I'm gonna do this to you. Because she's threatened him a billion times with, you know, snitching on him and taking the kids. She's done that a billion times throughout this series. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like she's made it clear that she's, and on a few occasions, that she's wanted nothing to do with him. Um, but, like, they're, they're still kind of in this whole mess of Tariq being investigated. Which, weirdly, was not mentioned at all this episode. Um or last episode for that matter, because yeah, Keisha was dead. She was already dead last episode. So like weirdly Tariq not being investigated just kind of flew off the table. But like this was, I don't, I don't, 
I get some of it, but like I don't feel like he was just like, yeah, I got everything I wanted. You can like I don't think he like straight kicked her to the curb. I think it was just the thing of like we can get out of each other's way now. Like you he even told her like you can do what do what you do with the daycare. Like he honestly didn't even kind of like try to really shit on the whole drug selling thing. It was just like you do you. He can't I'm really say me. you that, do you after he shut it down though. Like he didn't shut it down. He did shut he, it he down. He called the police. He didn't shut it down. I mean, he called the police on it. That's the same like, thing. Like she down. said in the last episode, like, that is shutting it down because nobody gonna bring no kids to no spot that the police run up in. Like that's that's taking her business down. That's shutting. Like he didn't get her time, permits pulled, but knew, he shut it down basically. At the same time, like this was a risk she she had to know. If it wasn't her, I mean, if it wasn't him, it could have easily been someone else. Like that's the risk. Like yeah, it sucks that it, it came from him, but you also got to look at the standpoint of like this was a bad it was a bad move and it was kind of badly like poorly executed but you know she doesn't even seem that broken up about it for real for real um but neither here nor there at this point um that was conversation number one between them uh we go to blanca sharing her her findings with warner and uh warner yet again Mm -hmm. being the voice of reason uh asking her what the blue blazes are you doing like his face when she pulls that phone out Mm -hmm. he's just like you've you've lost your mind like what are you doing with this um and we get the the conversation again that like if this dude really did is really guilty of all the things where we're accusing him of not just killing silver and he's been getting away with it for all this time why in the world would he keep this phone and he does what I, I didn't expect him to do this soon, but he immediately puts it together that Sachs planted that that phone. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about their uh, their interaction? I mean, the same thing I said earlier. I think this is still Warner being the voice of reason, actually following the books, you know, being a lawyer and thinking ahead of questions that will come up if they did try to bring this to trial. So this was this was great on the part of Warner. Um, and he opened up Blanca's eyes to the fact that Sax played her basically like how, you know, why was he so adamant about getting searching the hotel room? And then why would ghost keep a souvenir of a killing? Um, all of a sudden, if he's as smart as he said, so this was just another good scene, but from Warner, um, standing his ground and being a voice of reason when it comes to this law enforcement people, whether most of them have just been crooked or stupid. Yep. Um, sorry. I hate to backtrack. There were, were, I had overlooked uh, two notes, and um, one of them was that, like, <clears throat> he said he, she's still kind of, like, on the drug game because he said something like, yo, you can do whatever you want. You can stop selling drugs. And she says, you're telling me, like, you're telling me to stop selling drugs when I, I thought that was badly placed because it's like, again, episode one, he's been he's been trying to stop selling drugs since the first season. So that was kind of like a a bad, badly written choice. Um, two, with her being out, well, her being released from the from the marriage, she can testify against him now. Like that was one of the main takeaways I I had from that was that she's now free. If they question her, she's now fully free to testify against him. So if she really wants to to take him down, she can mm-hmm. without you know without any uh, obstacle. Um, so after the Warner, uh, Warner Blanca 
conf, uh, conversation. I almost said conference. They were in a conference room. That's what got me. Uh, we get Tate trying to kind of do the honorable thing and give Ghost a heads up that like, hey, man, the the folks came and talked to me and um, you might want to get your affairs in order because they're coming from you. But he never got to get it out because Ghost just dunk contest all over him. Mm-hmm. Um, he Ghost let loose. Um, and it's one of those things where it's just like, it sucks for Tate because he's actually trying to do the right thing. However, Tate has had this coming for a long time. And you could tell Ghost has been dying to say this stuff to him. Like he, And now he can unload on him without fear of repercussion because he knows he can easily take them both down. So while I felt good watching Tate just take this, like just take this tongue lashing, it sucked because it was just like he's he's actually trying to help you. But after everything that's happened, I I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing Ghost would have. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about that? Now this this one I already started losing all interest. I'm not all interest, but all support of Ghost. Um, in this scene and in the very next scene, it was like just Ghost. This is not has this not has been the demeanor of Ghost throughout the entire series, and it felt like this was like an all new different type of person. Like Ghost has always yeah. been a scheme or whatever, and always tried to get his own way, and has got his own way. But in this, he just seemed like he was being petty and vindictive, um, yeah. and just going out of his way to like just try to cut this man down. And I just didn't understand the motive behind it. Okay, you know, you guys have had some bad interactions or whatever, but Ghost usually is more. You know, it seemed like it was a whole new person, not the person that we have been watching for the last couple of years. And I just thought um, this this also started putting the thought in my mind as to what was going to be the ultimate outcome of this episode. Um, between this scene and then the very next scene where he's interacting with Dre and kind of doing the exact, exact thing where he's just like really insulting, being really cutting down to the person. I was like, oh, um, I know how this episode is going to end. At that point, that's when I wrote my notes. Um, and we'll talk about the end when we get there, but this is what the end is going to be. Something bad gonna happen. Uh, yeah, because it was just it was just you. too um, much. Yeah, he was going super hard, and while like like I said, I enjoyed seeing Tate get that. I was I was kind of in the same the same vein of you as you, where it's just like, who is this guy? Like this is not this is not the ghost that they've been giving us these past six seasons up until this episode. Um, it was just like this dude, and that for for you where it was just like. Um, you know, you felt the way you felt. My first thought was just like, they're they're doing everything they can to make us hate him, like unconditionally. Like this, the way they started writing him at this point was just like, okay, no matter how you feel about Ghost, we need you to to absolutely hate him for what happens at the end of this episode. So like, we we need there to be no question when we pull the trigger, no pun intended, that all of you should be on board with it. And it wasn't believable because, like you said, like he's he's ridiculously cocky, and it it made no sense. Um, so, like you like you mentioned, um, the next scene is pretty much uh, Ghost meeting up with uh, with Tariq. And at first, I I wanted because something like this happened um, earlier in the season where where he makes the mention to his his roommate that he's gonna play nice with his dad. Um, he kind of does the same sort of turn. Uh, when when Tariq comes to meet him the first time, he's like, "I don't want to fight with you anymore," and da da da. And my first thought was just like, "This is inconsistent." Like he just cursed about twelve hours ago. Um, like what? Like Tariq is is unnaturally 
kind to him. Um, but we find out that he's only doing this because he brings Dre and he's afraid that Dre is going to, to run his mouth about what he knows. Um, and we get the line, you know, Tariq, wait in the hall while I talk to your little friend, which I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Dre pleading the case for like, you know, hey, you set me up. I set you up. But I know, you know, I know things about you. You know things about me. I need some money so I can get up out of here. To which we get the second coming of Ghost. And this this is the new Ghost that Tommy was talking about last episode. The problem is they hadn't met this new ghost yet. Um, and that's just it. Like you said, it's just plain bad writing. Yeah. Um, ghost proceeds to lay into Dre, mm-hmm. which was even more satisfying than watching it go down with Tate. Because if anyone deserves it on this show, it's Dre. Dre has, Dre has been, he, he should have been dead billions of times. So I settled for this. Like Dre deserves every bit of this um how did you feel about it i mean same same way i feel about tate just overkill um i didn't really get even though you know dre and tate are unlikable characters as well i didn't really get any like joy out of it because i thought it was just so much out of it i was just out of the scene it was so much out of the character what ghost has been doing or what ghost has been and i guess if their goal is to make us not like ghosts um i I guess it worked with me because i was just like it's, it's overkill it's too much like yeah you won you beat them um, but Ghost ain't never been no gloater. He never been the person that had to like right. tell you, yeah, I got you. Like his actions just got you, or the consequences of whatever happened to you just what got you. And for him to be like just so openly blatant about having to tell him, just was another turnoff for me. I just couldn't really get into either of the, the Tate scene or the Dre scene, even though I'm no one supposed to not like Tate or Dre. But it was just it was overkill for me too much. You know, you know what it felt like to me. And I had it in my notes, but I forgot to say it when I was saying it. It felt like in those those movies about like high school or college, where one character is just going around. It's graduation day, and like it's it's one of the other things. Like it's either they can't wait to be done with school, and they're like the great student, or they're the jerk student that's finally graduating, and they they get their moment of triumph only for it to be immediately like gravity, like you know, tragedy stricken, mm-hmm. like um. Like remember the Titans when they win that game, and um, you know the guy who was who hung out with the other racist players, uh, he's he's riding through town and and dapping everybody up, and then bang, he gets hit by a bus or some or a train or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That's what this felt like. It felt like you're 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 you know with the 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 Tate scene was one thing, but to be immediately followed up by the Dre scene is when I was on board with like. Oh, okay. Yeah, something bad's gonna happen to Ghost at the very end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, you, there's, you can't convince me of, of anything else. Um, <clears throat> but again, I will put it on record. I enjoyed seeing it is as ridiculous as the writing for the Ghost character was. I enjoyed seeing Dre <clears throat> pretty much get read down. Like, you you've been trying to be this top dude, like, and you, but you've been doing it in such a grimy way that like it, everything has finally come back on you. Like you can't escape this. And <clears throat> no matter how much you try to, to do people dirty, you need people. And like, it felt good to see that. But like you said, I don't, who is this guy? Um, so he's, he puts him in motion, his plan to get 
to get Dre set up. Uh, calls the guy from the security place sitting at his desk. Again, like you said in the previous episode, why does he need to be sitting there? There's nothing else in that building. Um, <clears throat> but we get a we get a text message from Tommy. Tommy's finally ready to to meet up and talk. Before I do it, how, what do you feel? How do you feel about this scene? The Tommy and Ghost scene. Well, uh, let, let's do the talk first. Uh-huh. Let's do the talk first before the the action. I mean, the talk once again was. I didn't understand what they were talking about because uh, when does Tommy learn about Proctor's recording? Who told Tommy about mm-hmm. that? Uh, they at no point indicated that anything about the recording. They don't explain how Tommy knows about it. Uh, Ghost seems surprised that Tommy knew about it or that Proctor even recorded it. Oh, so okay. I don't know what they were talking about. I think, and I, it's been a while. I'd have to go back, but uh, you're not the first person I've heard say that. I think, and don't quote me on this. But I'm only a little bit confident in this because I feel like this might be pretty close. When he's hiding in the closet talking to uh, Maria Suarez and like he's like, we got another, um, you know, we have another suspect for for Angela Valdez's murder and we've got him on tape confessing to some other stuff because that's that was the conversation that led to Tommy wanting to kill Proctor. That there was that I believe it was that conversation that um, he when he's hiding in the closet right before he kills her, when Sax is just telling her a bunch of stuff she honestly doesn't need to know. I think that's where he um, he gets the info from. But we'd have to go back and look, and we're obviously not gonna do that right now. Mm. But that's what I that's where I think he got that info from. Yeah, I, actually, I don't I don't know. But uh, so that was that already put me off the thing because I didn't know what they were talking about. Um. And that was just let's say this is just a, a, a third scene in a row of Ghost basically telling somebody how he is the best thing that ever happened to them, and now that he is on top of the world and going to Albany, he doesn't need them anymore, and they need to figure it out for themselves. So they had their little talk. Um, it seemed like uh, Ghost was like, "Look, do what you're gonna do. Either I'm gonna leave here or I'm not. What's what we gonna do?" Um, but it was just kind of more Ghost being a dick. So uh-huh. uh yeah. It definitely was. Um, going backwards, the end of that that particular conversation, um, again, goes straight up being a dick, but at the same time, sprinkling some truth in there that Tommy, to a degree, has not been able to function without Ghost present this entire season. One way or another, like, he, he needs Ghost. Um, because even when they weren't, like, completely at war but slightly on odds, like he still needed Ghost to kind of help with certain things, um, but like Tommy said, like we're too connected, like we're we we're in this too deep. So it, I could definitely see you know Tommy being hurt, especially like your your best friend and your brother, despite the fact that you tried to get this dude killed a few times. Um, but again, he Ghost kept it real. Like I've never killed anyone you've cared about, which is a true statement. Um, what he did with Teresi was definitely messed up, but he, he kept it 100. My biggest issue with this episode, with this particular conversation was the very first words out of Tommy's mouth are, I know you didn't kill, like you didn't kill Keisha. I know that now. And then he does, he seemingly doesn't care about who did like he's hell bent the whole last episode, dead eyed Tommy on trying to find Keisha's killer. Although he, he's convinced it's a ghost. He 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 somehow miraculously now knows that it wasn't Ghost 
but doesn't seem to care about who it could be. Or if the fact that he now knows who it is, you need to speak, you need to, if he knows it's Tasha, he, that needs to be made aware in this episode. Because the last episode, Tommy's character centered around that fact that Keisha was dead. So again, super lazy writing. Um, we get a shootout. Um, again, Tommy trying to uh, accuse Ghost of getting his people locked up. F- for what I don't know because that doesn't that doesn't uh <laughs> that doesn't help Ghost with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we also get my when he was talking about the uh, the recording. We got to get a, a Tommy line. You know, I told him about it and then I gave him the stabby stab because mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. typical Tommy. But um, we get the shootout. And uh, Tommy obviously makes it out of there. At least we think this is one. This is one of those things that just gets where it get it that. This is where it got too convoluted for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a dead body, uh, which turned out to be that of Cedric the Entertainer. Um, did you peep that? No, nah, I wasn't. Even, I, I saw. It was, I saw. So as I saw it was a black guy, I was like, "Oh, that's not Tommy." And I didn't. I didn't really pay attention to who it was, but I know it wasn't My Tommy. Something. My my first thought was that it was um, well before we see a body. My first thought it was that it was Midditch's guys because that that's what makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, their boss is dead, and uh, he's been dealing with these two. So, but when I saw it was a black guy, I was like, well, Midditch wouldn't you know his team wouldn't be working with black dudes because I haven't I, we haven't seen anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that. After that, it was like, I thought it was the dude that Tate had following Ghost. The okay. Will dude that yeah, ran yeah. up in him. But then I looked, I was like, hmm. It wasn't until later that I found out that that was actually Cedric the Entertainer. Oh, with a little cameo? Um, okay. Yeah. That's cool. So, but, I mean, this was another thing where they don't explain anything. They don't, you know. Right. They just let, know, we know that somebody tries to shoot at Tommy and Ghost. How they know they beating there. How they know that they are, what they're talking about. How you missed the shot. I don't know. Um, but we do who killed them, you know, cause all we did was see them a bunch of shooting. We don't know who actually finally hit them because they didn't seem like any, either of them was shooting in the right spot, but we know that Tommy is presumed alive, I guess. So we don't know Tommy's fate. We know that he, that's not he his was kidnapped. Body. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, again, like another one of those just dumb oversight things. I thought he was kidnapped cause that would have made, you know, kind of some sense. Like if it's Midages guys, um, but no, we, as we find out later, Tommy just dips. Um, but yeah, just random, random action scene because I guess, you know, you, you just need it. Yeah, at this point, we was uh, like already halfway through the episode. They needed something to, some type of action to happen because at that point, no real action had happened. It had just been heavy, just discussions and dialogue, which is also fine as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it tends to help if, uh, the discussion and dialogues actually help further the plot, Mm -hmm. but you know, look at us wanting things that make sense. Uh, so speaking of wanting things that make sense, we get Warner pressing sax (laughs) and, uh, Tamika with the, with the dew, you know what I'm saying? On that private sector life still flourishing out here. Nice pink suit. Uh huh. And, uh, we get. Pretty much everything laid out on the table. Um, Sax uh, being brought to light on his scumbaggery. And uh, Blanca <laughs> regretting even working with this guy, mm-hmm. as she should. Um, and we get 
we get instance number one. Well, not actually, it doesn't happen until later, but we we get the revelation that like one way or another, this is you have to you kind of have to follow through with this. Tamika puts the pieces together that like you can either take your entire organization down or you can at least try to get St. Patrick. Yeah. Even though Tamika knows that this isn't a good look with this with this stolen phone. Yeah. Um, and she pretty much does what a product, uh, excuse me, a defendant defensatory is supposed to do and get the heat off of sacks to a degree. Yeah. And this was the um, first time when we finally got Warner who had been pretty adamant about not getting involved in those type of crazy illegal types, you know, fuck shit, basically who he finally took the bait um, of Tamika's talk about, do you want to, uh, you know, take down one of your own or do you want to try to get a kingpin? Um, and of course, as we know later on, Warner went for the kingpin. Yeah. Um, and like this is one of the, the, the tiny moments where I actually kind of felt a little bad for Warner because when the dude came in, all he wanted was to get the place in order. Yeah. That's all he wanted. Like it, this is all he wanted. Yeah. I mean, that was and, his uh, t- entire job was to, he, he was hired to be a cleanup guy just to fix all the messes that happened with all the other people and Mox and Sandoval and everybody else. Um, yeah. And then he, he also got caught up with the promise of this making his career. Cause Tamik was like, basically yeah. this can make your career busting a gubernatorial candidate who is also a drug kingpin. Um, and he took the bait. So everybody on this thing is out for themselves as we, Go learn throughout uh, this series, yeah, yeah, just, just a mess, mm-hmm. just a mess. Uh, so we get Ghost's uh, plan um, being executed. Dre just uh, standing out in this random open area in broad daylight. Yeah. Um, Clearly in the spot that has no where he has no true exit strategy, uh, like this was just even this was this was the writers betraying Dre because Dre has been uncatchable nearly this entire series, and he's he's in he he allows himself I don't know and this could just be desperation where he allows himself to be put in a position where he's just waiting out in the open where for the police to swarm him. Um. And this is Ghost cleaning up loose ends, uh, which smart, smart on his 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 part, uh, which leads to him running up on Vincent in an alleyway, which I, I Vinny, Vinny, Vincent. Yeah. Vincent, yeah. Um, I thought we had seen the last of Vincent, but he makes him a proposition to uh, get him in contact with some people, someone on the inside. And uh, again, Flexing this uh, lieutenant governor power that he does not have yet, mm-hmm. um, but promising Vincent that like, hey, if you do this for me, then me and you are good. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about Dre's capture and the uh, the enlisting of Vincent? Uh, I mean, like so, you you pretty much said it. I think Dre would have probably been smarter. Uh, why he couldn't just come back to truth and get the money? Why he needed to be out in a big open field? Um, so that, like I said, that was just lazy writing, just to have him be arrested in a, in a public kind of setting. Um, and then the same thing with Vincent, I didn't think we'd see Vincent again either, especially after Benny was killed. Because um, I yeah. thought that business just had kind of run its course. Um, but we did need, to, uh, you know, Ghost needed to get a burn on the inside. Basically, Vincent was the best person to do that. Um, I do like kind of, it is a callback to when he was locked up and the person who was able to make things happen was Teresi, who was a part of Vincent's Italian little mafia. So that was a, a decent tie-in. 
or at least you know showcasing how the writers did take something from the old. It was a kind of established thing from a, from seasons earlier and it kept it going in this current season. How Vincent could get things moved inside the inside of the jail. So, yeah, one thing that I can say they weren't really lazy on. If I'm going to tear so, him down, I might as well give him some props whenever I can. Yeah, yeah. I, I give props where props is due. We, we we do that with, we've done that with every episode. You know, for every bit of critiquing, we've we've definitely given high points. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of low points in this episode. So, sorry, but also not sorry. Uh, so, speaking of sorries and not sorries, uh, and closure, um, I, that's, there was no and closure. I was just talking out of my ass. But speaking of sorry's but not sorry's, uh, we get Paz uh, returning mm-hmm. to pretty much inform uh, James that she she now knows that he didn't kill uh, her sister Angie, but she wants to know who. Um, and we get a really good job of Ghost um, with a with a sneaking Ramona, pretty much like leading me to believe that he was about to confess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was like right on time with the with the high marks. Good good acting on Amari Hardwick because in a lot of his pauses, I just knew he was gonna dime out Tommy. Right. Um, and it it could have been just to give Paz closure. It could have been his way of closing up loose ends with Tommy. Um, but for whatever reason, like I I really thought he was going to tell her because he really wants her to know. Um, and that's that was the sad part. Like, and a great acting job on himself. You you can see it in his face and in his eyes. He wants to tell her. He wants her to know. Um, and great great job on herself. Uh, the actress that plays Paz. I don't have her name in front of me. Uh, for for still pressing, and doing what she can to try and get that info. But but ultimately being being fed up. So we get a little bit of closure with Paz mm-hmm. to a degree. Um, and Ramona gets a little insight uh, because, again, she's sneaking around because, again, no one works at Truth. Um, what did you think of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought we had seen the last of Paz. I thought it was kind of like when she buried the phone with her, her sister, and uh, I think this was maybe episode three or so. Sax told her that Ghost wasn't the killer. The autopsy report kind of proved that he wasn't. Uh, it wasn't even Sax or Blanc. I can't remember. One of them told her. Um, well, that's the thing. I thought I don't it was think over. Either one of them did. No, yeah, they did. Like, they did. I remember her... them having a scene where they where they made it known, uh, and I think they met her like in the in the morgue or somewhere. They they somebody told her that Ghost didn't do it. No, 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 no. They they said that they couldn't prove it was him, but like the 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 ballistic the forensic report doesn't really happen until um, Blanca is talking to Sax in the office. And he and she's like, come stand by me. And like he has the whole, you know, you smell nice thing where she explains to him that if he was shot or if she was shot standing right next to him, like there'd be more blood on his clothes. But there wasn't. Um, so like the real the them accepting the fact that it wasn't him, I don't think happens until like an episode or two after the funeral. Well, OK, I don't, I honestly don't remember, but. I just thought I just thought it would have you know I thought she had already known this information, and I don't know why. And if she did know, Ghost didn't do it. I don't know why she is so adamant about him trying to tell her about something. Like if he said he didn't know, I thought she would just kind of took it and kind of went on with her life. 
Um, and you know, I, I mean, other than to justify bringing her back at the end to kind of throw more people into the mix, uh, possibly who could have been involved with uh, what happens to ghosts. I didn't understand what she was doing back there. I thought, I thought that chapter was closed. Um, yeah. and then as far as the Ramona thing, um, I like how she kind of brought up the fact that, you know, she sees that ghost is still kind of still grieving from Angela. Um, and nobody really wants to compete with a ghost because I feel like that's saying, you know, you, you, that person is always going to be on a higher pedestal than you. Um, that's why yeah. I, I would find it always weird to like marry a widow or marry somebody who lost their, uh, their partner through like death. Cause I feel like you're always never going to be able to compare it to that person, no matter what. And that's what, you know, she was a little unsure about that. And the ghost kind of reassured her like, no, um, of course she's always, you know, and you'll always be a special part of me and me talking to past was just kind of us both saying goodbye to somebody who was always going to mean a lot to us. But he reassured her that like, yo, I'm thinking about you. You're my future. And I want to move forward with this relationship. And then we get, I think, I thought we get a text from Tasha and they had their yeah. second little, uh, kind of powwow of the, uh, the episode. Yeah. And this is where it, it starts to like completely nosedive for me to a degree. Um, Tasha obviously greeting him with pettiness. Um, the, the craziest thing about this, that no one seemed like for, for everyone, well, Oh gosh, I, I don't know. It's just I, I'm struggling with my words because it's again the writing is, has kind of brought us to this. She immediately accuses him of trying to turn into Reek, uh, which up to that point it's like, why would he do that? Why you know? And if he was going to do that, he probably would have done it by now. Um, and it's one of those things where it's just like. If they're going to, they're going to figure this out because unfortunately Tariq has, has been so messy with this over the course of these seasons that it's just like, it's just, this is un, unwinnable. Um, and then we get the, the, uh, the, the, the light bulb from ghost <laughs> that maybe he should turn himself in, which again, this is the writers betraying them. Uh, he would, I don't think he would ever really suggest this and this is where uh, yet again he thinks he has that power that he he hasn't even obtained yet like he he's making these like go ahead and let him go in he's thinking like a white dude he's thinking like a white dude in power mm -hmm. let him go to jail for a little bit and when i get my power like i'll i'll make it work like i'll i'll get him out and i'll do this stuff and it's like dude privileged black people would never suggest that like you don't you you just got announced on this ticket, like what do you like what are you thinking right now? And this like you can't be mad at him. You you have to be mad at the writers because this this makes no sense. Um. And but at the same time, it's like it also brings up the holes in this, because despite the fact that yes, he he did say he would take the fall for him. If he if Ghost goes down, everyone goes down. Not because he would snitch, but because everything, all the things that are tied to him. That's the thing that kind of kills me about Tasha's reasoning is that I understand that you you're trying to protect your son. But you have to you have to remember that 
because of the things that Tariq has done that you guys didn't find out about until after the fact, it's a wrap. If one of you goes down, if Ghost goes down, you automatically go down. Like, that's the other thing. You can't protect them from in jail, inside jail, because you, you've you already been implicated as an accomplice to so much of this drug stuff and possibly some murders. Like, she keeps over, and this is partially writing, she's, she's completely oblivious to the fact that, like, you guys are tethered. Um, and because of things that she said, she's confessed to him knowing where Terry Silver's body was, but has never came forward with it. She, this, these, she didn't suspect until the police showed up at her door. Um, but we also get ghosts dropping the bomb on her that like, yeah, I know you killed Keisha. And unfortunately we get horrible, horrible acting of her. What? I, I didn't, I didn't do that. Like her, her poker face when, when she's caught is terrible. Um, but you know, he puts it together and we get an immediate eye roll from her. Um, and yet again, this, this just proves how short-sighted she can be. Like she honestly thought that she had gotten away with that. And he tells her off top, like we're all in this. If me or you goes down, he's screwed anyway. So him thinking, you know, him going the, I can fix it with my Lieutenant Governor power was stupid. But at the same time, Tariq kind of has to take a bit of this because there's no way, there's no way around this at this point. Like everyone, everyone's in it. There's no way around this. What did you feel, think about that? Yeah, I didn't, excuse me. Yeah, I didn't understand Ghost's motivation in this. Um, how he was so hell bent on Tariq confessing. I thought all the steps they had already took to kind of uh, get him off. Um, but, I mean, Tasha, I mean, so I didn't understand that, man. It was just kind of weird. Because uh, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is the rational thing most people would do in a situation like that. If their child had killed somebody, they would be like, okay, let's hire the best lawyer we can hire. Let's see what we can do to try to hopefully not get him punished, especially, uh, you know, people of means, um, you know, black or white. But for him, all of a sudden, to be on this, Tariq must confess. We'll just get him probation. He'll still get a chance to live his life. You know, it just didn't seem like it was. I don't know. Understand what Ghost's mindset was coming from in a situation like that. Um, this is not a situation he where they was, had, huh? He thought he had white privilege already. Yeah, maybe because it's not a situation where like these two got in a fight, and then maybe they can do some self defense. Tariq went out of his way to go find this guy to kill him, and I don't think any mm-hmm. judge is going to give. You know, even with. Uh, a family of means and wealth and stuff like that. Um, they're not going to let him off as easy as Ghost made it seem like they were. So I, it, it just did seem like in the character Ghost all of a sudden be telling his son to, uh, he needs to pay for his consequences of his actions when Ghost uh, is not going to pay for any consequences of his actions. Like he has done a bunch of bad stuff and he is riding that to the governorship or lieutenant governorship while he wants his son to go to jail. Uh, you know, I just understand the rationale behind it. So it made no sense to me. Yeah. So, um, before the scene is over, he, he pretty much tries, you know, he takes a a quick little detour into Reyna's room and we get probably like, for me, this is probably like one of the high points of the episode. Uh, we get ghost Reyna. Um, well actually the return of ghost Reyna, like the one of the podcasts I was listening to, like they were, they, they, they're, they're he- one of them is kind of heavy on the the hate ghost train. Okay. To where like they'll say stuff that like it's like no the, you're you revisionist history. 
Um, this isn't the first time he's seen her. You got to remember when he was hitting the bottle and he was grieving right after her death. He thought he saw her at Truth, weirdly, um, in that crowd where he runs off stage and like yokes up the little girl because mm -hmm. he thinks it's her. Mm -hmm. But um, it was good to see the actress that plays her. Um, it's always kind of, <laughs> it's always kind of you know one of those things you have to overlook when the actress shoots up like three, four feet because you know they're still growing. Yeah. But it was a. I thought this was a really great conversation with himself. Um, I think one of the one of the the big things that I took from this was while he was still blaming himself for which rightfully so, um, how this kind of turned out, uh, she he blames himself for her lying, and she says, you know, you and mom taught me how to lie. That's where I learned how to lie. So she, her ghost, as in his his part of best part of his conscience um it, he's not taking it all like he knows that it's both of them like and we've said it a billion times these two have most of the the reason their their kids are like this one dead uh one neglected and the other one trying to sell drugs is because they have not been good parents you know people will try to have you see it that it's all ghosts the both of them have not been good parents period um, so I thought that was a dope scene. What did you think? Oh yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed uh, Brainer. I think this was just kind of more of the confirmation of Ghost felt like he was doing the right thing by telling Tori to confess. Because um, she does talk about how the fact is she they told her to lie, but at the end I think she ends it basically saying I had to pay for my lies or my actions. How come Tariq doesn't have to pay for his? So I think that was just kind of Ghost giving a closure speech to his daughter, but also. Um, her using her as a means to reassure himself that telling Tariq to confess is the appropriate action he should take. Yeah, and um, this this gives way to, like you said, the next scene where Tariq finally comes and talks to him. Uh, immediately calls him a liar because, despite the fact that Tariq has been a complete dick to everyone, Ghost especially, um, he still feels as though he's he feels betrayed because ghost isn't taking the rap for him and the thing that that blows me about this is like i kind of get it to a degree but he's completely oblivious to the fact that his actions have screwed everyone like i don't i don't even think they that they confronted him about the fact that they that he's on camera getting Kanan's ashes. I don't think anyone has come to him with that info. Um, honestly, I don't even think they know. But we, the viewer, knows that, like, he's put them in a position with all of his BS that, like, everyone is screwed, and he doesn't see that. Like, he just wants to be out living this carefree life. This is one of those scenes where it's just like, dang, I feel bad for anyone in a gang or in that street life that took the rap for someone and the person that that that's out living, you know, being free isn't appreciative. Like they just out doing whatever and, you know, being trash like Tariq is being the selfishness that he's been trying to put on Ghost. Like, I'm not going to say Ghost hasn't been selfish in the past, but you know how I feel about, 
he, some of the claims people try to put on him as being super selfish when he's just as selfish as everyone else on the show. Um, so I, I do understand being angry that someone wants you to turn yourself in when you thought you were going to walk free. But the, 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 the writing again has betrayed Tariq, um, again, going out on the note of trying to call go selfish when ideally, and again, Tariq not being able to realize that like, if ghost turns himself in, if he goes down for this, your mom goes down for this too. Like, that's the thing that they, they haven't, they've kind of downplayed that he's oblivious to is like, uh, or maybe he is that much of a sociopath and that selfish that he'd be totally fine if his mom went to jail for him because the the way the the vibe I'm getting is that he just wants to be out. He doesn't care how. He just wants to be free to do whatever he wants. Like he could care less about the consequences of his actions. Um, like you said earlier, Ghost has done many a bad thing, but Ghost has gone through great lengths to cover those bad things up. Tariq has done bad stuff, and then others have covered it up. The stuff that they know about, and that's where it's just like this writing is his has made everyone so convoluted that you can't I can't see a clear person to root for anymore mm-hmm. I mean I think, think I think a big part of this is just Tariq being 15 like um, he's a 15 or 16 year old on the show uh, he might even be 14 I don't know how, but he's even 14 or 15 like he's 14 between 14 and 16 and you know think back when you were 14 and 16 you know you weren't doing this type of stuff but you also weren't necessarily a rationally minded person and you also did think everything was a betrayal um or most 15 they think everything is a betrayal if their parents don't do exactly what they want them to do or don't give them exactly what they want so i think that a lot of that part of it is we are looking at Tariq uh through adult eyes and how an adult should react to these situations and we're forgetting that he is a, a young teenager and that's why he can't grasp all these adult concepts or he can't grasp why it would be bad for his father to take the rap for him. All he knows is that his dad promised to take the rap for him. And then now when it's time to actually do it, his dad is backing out of that. And he already doesn't trust his dad or think his dad is bad or out to get him or doesn't love him or doesn't treat him in a certain type of way. And I think that's all a part of just growing up and being a child, even though he is trying to do adult things. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. It's definitely one of the things that like I definitely don't take into account enough uh, when when observing Tariq is that yeah, and which is bad because I've made the point in the past that like he's a teenager. Um, <clears throat> like I said when I announced myself as a Tariq apologist, is that he he became who he became back then because he was simply a kid who started to realize that Santa Claus wasn't real. And everyone around him tried to tell him that no Santa Claus was real. Um, but I definitely kind of, I definitely can agree with what you said that like, um, because he's doing grown man bad activities, um, it's kind it's kind of hard to put him to separate the fact that yeah he's a bratty teenager who thinks, who who was already you know spoiled to begin with, so it makes it makes perfect sense that he would grow up to be. Uh, just as spoiled that like you you promised me this even though um, I've told you on many occasions I hate your guts um, I still expect you to honor this this promise um, <clears throat> but yeah we go into 
the judges chambers where uh, Blanca and Warner are presenting their are pleading their case to get a case uh, with the judge um, and I think this was the same judge that oversaw uh, his murder trial yep and um, they're laying you know they're laying down their bullet points and the judge is shooting them bad boys down like it's duck hunt easy and we get the man maybe the, maybe this is why the the see the the season was called the final betrayal because everyone's character is betrayed we get warner going all in with the dirtbag maneuvers i got this phone in my in my coat pocket mm-hmm. that i just you know was keeping with me and uh has completely given over to the dark side because he wants he wants this to go to trial right how'd you feel about that uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, so it was the same judge, and the judges did basically what Warner had done when Blanca first brought his evidence to him and, and did everything that uh, Warner was telling Blanca that the judge would ask. Where's this information coming from? Where you got it, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we, like I said, um, we just saw that Warner took the full bait and went all in with the plan to break every rule possible um, in their quest to get um, St. Patrick. Uh, and to me, it didn't make sense for Warner to do this because Warner just didn't have that history that everybody else had. Um, even with Blanc, I don't understand why Blanc is so invested in this. When this started as she was supposed to be trying to find Ray Ray's murder, murderer, and now she is full into, uh, they haven't even mentioned Ray Ray. She knows Ghost didn't kill Ray Ray. She thinks Tariq did it, but she's still adamant about getting Ghost for whatever reason. So, um, you know. And then they leave us on the kind of the cliffhanger that does the judge shake the bait or does the judge say, nah, this is bullshit and, and we call it a day. Yeah. Um, speaking of not mentioning Ray Ray, you know who else wasn't mentioned? BG. Yep. Again. Uh, which takes us into uh, two of the surviving members of the Three Stooges yeah. uh, sitting in jail. I was hoping that they got uh, to be so cellmates. I thought that was funny. Know. They right. kept them together. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, you know, a a phone gets dropped off. Um, spank being spanked. <laughs> Asks, like, who gave you that? Because, because of course, 2-Bit knows. Um, and we get the the instant comedy. Uh, new phone, who this? <laughs> and uh, ghost, ghost following right up with, you still got my watch. Right. Which I thought was a dope callback. Um, and... Uh, we get the the plan set in the motion, which um, goes to I believe is that I'm trying. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that leads way to Blanca delivering to everyone that uh, it's not going to trial, which was an interesting kind of setup. Well, yeah, they didn't get their arrest warrant. Yeah, they couldn't arrest right. those. Yeah, right. Um, but we. Before, like, the the conversation is pretty much Ghost asking Two Bit and, and or Spank to take out Dre in jail, uh, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know, that's I mean that's a, that's hand. what it's assumed because they, they, he doesn't flat out say it, but he said it's a chance for you to get money and revenge, and who else could they want yeah. revenge on? Exactly. Uh, and, and who's also probably being held in the in the same jail. Uh, yeah. So we didn't get a payoff for that. Maybe we'll see those guys later on. Uh, but it was nice to see him. If we don't ever yeah, see I'm him. glad you I'm glad you said that. We and we, we might as well jump into that. Um and we, we can kind of backtrack. 
Blanca has a conversation with Dre, who just straight up lies to get out of jail. Um, she tells him that you can either sit in here for however many years if you make it that long, or you can answer this question the way I want you to, and I'll get you out of jail tonight. Yeah. Which makes no sense considering he's in there for murder. Right. He's like, a suspect in murder. And I, I don't care what kind of deal she got. Her as a sergeant in the NYPD ain't got enough pull to get um to get him out of jail right. that fast. Yeah, he facing a murder charge and she got him out the same night. And then even right. if she could get Dre, no chance this judge who has just sent them back a thousand times with all this different type of stuff uh, would take a smoking gun phone is going to take the fact that Dre, a guy who is facing murder, who has been uh, arrested multiple times, who's been caught up in a whole bunch of stuff, his word is good enough to get the arrest warrant. Um, exactly. It made no sense to me. I was like, this on is more horrible writing. Yeah. On top of that, if you're gonna, if you're gonna let Dre out immediately, what's even the point of putting Spank and Two Bit on the, uh, on screen? That's a waste. That's a waste of minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, for him to immediately get out, like that. What's what was the point? Like, why even give us hope that that he that they would take him down or at least attempt? Like, at least show us an attempt on his life. Like that's a waste of, I mean, hey, I, I ain't mad at them for getting a check, but like that's just dumb. Um, on top of the the other ridiculousness of this this particular episode. Yeah, it's just um, patting the just patting the runtime. Yeah, right. And that I think that was a big issue I had. Well, <laughs> on the long list of big issues, like this was billed as a um, an extended episode, and most of the this could have easily been a regular a regular episode, a regular sixty minute episode. Um, if you'd have trimmed out a lot of the unnecessary BS, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that that I, oh my gosh, like even inside of this this prison, um, wherever she's interrogating him, they usually have cameras recording these these all you know these interviews or whatever. She's not a lawyer. There is no client you know, client attorney privilege here. She's a police officer that, that how was that not recorded that she's in there coercing this dude who's clearly lying. And this just goes to show how deep in she is because she's feeding him the right location and everything. Um, yeah, this was, this is when it, it just got infuriating. Like I was already, you know, in the same vein as you was just like, this is dumb. But that's where it just plain got infuriating. Um, we can jump around a little bit. Uh, Ramona enters the party. Uh, Ghost throws lip on her in public. Yeah. Against her wishes of keeping this private. Um, yeah, go for him. Claim this woman. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, this scene was kind of all interact with a bunch of stuff. So we got that part of it. Um, and then we had another conversation with Tariq. Basically goes to Ghost. Uh, one last time to kind of just talk to him. Um, and I think this was kind of a callback. Well, I've seen a lot of theories of this callback um, and may support uh, that Tariq is the assailant is the fact that Ghost had told Tariq what happened with Breeze, who was the first person Ghost right. killed, where he told him that uh, he tried, he gave Breeze a chance to do right by him. Um, and Breeze didn't do it. Um, and he didn't want nobody stopping his future. 
So in this situation, Tariq had asked Ghost to take the fall for him again. Uh, they had that little discussion where Tariq meets Simon Stern, and then they uh, Tariq at the end of this conversation once again says, "Are you not going to take the fall for me, Dad?" And and um, Ghost reiterates, "No, it's best that we try to, you know, maybe you confess, and we'll try to get you out, or we'll work with him, maybe they'll give you probation." And then you just see Tariq with the last words of goodbye or good night or something along those lines. So I think that kind of was harkening back to that conversation they had where Tariq once again wanted to give his father one last chance to do right by him. And, you know, in Tariq's eyes, I'm doing finger quotes, even though you can't see me, right by him. Yeah. Um, and once again, goes declining that invitation. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's, it's weird how, you know, the writing... Uh, like they had him kind of like zoning out when he was listening to him talk about Breeze and everything. Um, but, you know, I guess he, he caught that and that resonated with him. So, but yeah, I definitely had heard and seen that, that exact same theory. Um, but, you know, time will tell. We get Sachs getting uh, pretty much <laughs> the, uh, the death certificate being laid out by Tamika. Like, yeah, this is, it's over closing time it's a wrap for you mm-hmm. they're coming for you your uber is on its way right um and we get we get sacks going to the dark place um and yeah there there was definitely a moment where i thought he was going to kill himself um, yeah you see him take that gun out and he, he he's caressing it and it it's pretty much great acting on his on his part because like it, he does a great job of painting that picture that this is pretty much all that's kind of left for him. This mm-hmm. is the only other option. It's either this or take your chances in jail. Yeah. Um, and unless he ends up in Club Fed, which, you know, he's a white guy. Yeah, they'll probably uh, give him a slap on the wrist. That's why yeah, I, I didn't think. I think, like, I, I think they wanted us to believe that he was going to kill himself, but I didn't really think he would ever do it because I don't think he's facing any serious charge that's going to get him, like, you know, it's not like he's going to jail for life. Like, He's not gonna get twenty years. He may get you know two, three years at the most, and they're not gonna put him in uh, a hardcore jail uh, just because it's like a white collar crime. And then the fact that he is former law enforcement, they go out of way to keep those people segregated from the regular general population because they know people will, right. you know want to mess him up. So I don't, th- I didn't think it was enough of a punishment coming, even though his career would have been over and he would have been going to jail that he was actually gonna kill himself. Yeah, but you know, as we've seen in the past, you know white men with the uh the vision of their 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 freedom being denied mm-hmm. it's a scary sight um true indeed so we get go ahead i was, I was saying true indeed i agree yeah. so uh of the the final uh ghost of christmas past we get the we get ghost caning yeah and the, the funniest thing about that scene was that this man like so <laughs> he's relieved to see ghost angie he's excited and and lovingly happy to see ghost reyna he's straight up annoyed when kanan pops up around that corner mm-hmm. like he he treated kanan like them dudes outside of 7-eleven who are asking you for money to get something to eat when mm-hmm. you know they're gonna spend it on like something else yeah like he just looked like he was just bugged like oh come on man what are you what are you doing here man like what like like the uh like the the dude in the bathroom that wants the that wants a tip for you washing your hands. No, yeah, that's yeah. how annoyed he looked. Um, <clears throat> and this is 
this is the this is the hardest part of his conscience uh you know the bad stuff the the straight up bad stuff part of his conscience telling him like yeah you don't deserve to be free right um you deserve you deserve uh what did he say a jail cell and a needle yeah or handcuffs and a needle you know you're a criminal and all this is true um but ghost is looking through the world looking through this this particular world through the eyes of someone who and i'm weirdly enough i honestly think this is probably what um white collar uh white dudes it's probably how they think like if i didn't get caught i deserve the thing the good things that happened to me like i i think and again this is just kind of bad writing on him on itself but like i i was conflicted a bit because it's like yeah he's definitely thinking like a rich white man where he he feels that his crimes of the past shouldn't affect his success now when i obviously that's that's not right but and that that's where the conflict came in because from day one all this dude wanted to do was be clean like he's actively been trying to get out of the crime game um so it's like it, it was kind of back and forth for me how did you think about uh how did you feel about uh ghost canaan yeah i think this is another like i said it's another thing where it was just kind of ghost fighting with itself I mean, that's the point of these different three different scenes. And this was the one where Ghost was finally uh, being a, 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 the most aggressive with itself. Like you were saying, Angie was kind of loving goodbye to the love of his life. And then um, the thing with Raina was just kind of like a sweet embrace of uh, the guilt of losing his daughter and kind of getting a release on this. And this, I think this was him just kind of letting out all the anger that was left in him. Um, he beat everybody else. Uh, and... And Kana, you know, Kana told him, like, everybody hates you. Like, you you know, nobody likes you now. You're kind of on your own. But I think it was him just saying, no, I'm above all those people. They only hate on me because I succeeded, even though they kept trying to be uh, a hindrance in my life or they kept trying to stop my future. But I beat them all. I beat you. You know, I beat everybody. And I deserve to be on top because I was the best. Um, so I think it was just kind of a release of any anger or anything where he felt like he was at wrong because he was better than them. He was, I've been outmaneuver everybody and he deserves everything that he's thinking he's about to get. Um, so, you know, that was, that was definitely the one of the best, uh, things for me. I, I did get a little jump scare off when all oh, you see is 50 just pop up out of nowhere. Cause I'm like, hold up. Uh, I know he's supposed <laughs> right. to be dead, but, um, you know, that was, that was a, one of the shocking, uh, surprises. I didn't expect uh, ghost yeah. cannon to pop up. Yeah. It's definitely jarring. Um, I, I, I definitely kind of jumped back a little bit too. So yeah, I can't even front on that. Um, and then the show turns into a damn telenovela, a yeah. soap opera. Basically. Oh my God. This is like just the lead up before anything even happens. Like when you see like everybody loading up. Yeah. I was just like, oh, everybody God, walking like, weirdly up the street. I don't know why. Yeah. Nobody just hey, drove, nope. but we're all walking down the street. We all loading guns. We all putting hoodies over our heads, uh, tucking right. guns into our waistbands. Um, and everybody right. heading towards truth with an eye for uh, vengeance, be it justified or not. But everybody seemed to be on a mission um, to come find ghosts, with the exception of Blanca, who is also there to find ghosts. But apparently it seems that she has got her arrest warrant. But to me, why is she serving this arrest warrant alone? They sent 25 people right. to get Dre early in the episode when he was arrested. 
And then we expect her at this point is, is going to arrest him for murder. Uh, she expects him to being a kingpin of a large drug organization. And she is one solo cop going to arrest this guy. Come on. That's another just a, 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 a drop by the uh, the writers. Like, made no sense. It, this was, oh my gosh. Like, when everybody starts walking up, like, in my brain, I'm just like, I knew this was going to happen, but at the same time, I just want, I wanted to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to be wrong. Um, because this, this is where it's just like, I can't, it feels like you gave up at this point. Yeah. Because this is just. It, it I almost expected them to break out into song. Like <laughs> they're they're flashing each face like Very next dramatic. one by one. Yeah. And everyone's marching and everyone's marching to the same spot. It's like six people. Yeah. And no one no one ran into yeah. another person. Very dramatic yeah. and like you said, very soap opery. Um, this whole part. I mean and, and I mean the exact thing is a direct ripoff of a soap opera. Uh, you know that came on. We was, you know, we were. I didn't watch yeah. it because we were children. Uh, but Dallas, it's Dallas. Yeah, it's yeah. Dallas. Who's, it's it's who, just who, a Zach Ripple. Who shot it. Jr. And apparently, um, as I like, someone else already ripped this off. Another show, uh, by the name of Empire. Uh, they apparently did a Who Shot Lucius. The Simpsons um, did a Who Shot Mr. Burns. Who shot Mr. Burns. It. This. It was. This is where I was just like. For fifty to, to, how did well? I don't know. There's a few ways this could go. I was just like, how did no one tell fifty? Like, this is how this is gonna go. I think um, fifty be taking too much credit. This is you know a Courtney Kemp oh, project. Yeah, do. Fifty, yeah. uh, you know, of course, is the biggest name behind it and supporter of it and executive producer. But we know Courtney uh, Kemp, who is the creator and writer and wrote many episodes, directed episodes, is kind of the real voice of how the show goes. So maybe she was a big. Dallas fan in her youth, um, like to, like to me, it was just overly dramatic. You know, we see him shot, we see him falling into the black abyss. Um, oh I God. do notice how they have they're using the hashtag who shot uh, ghosts as opposed to who killed ghosts. So we there's mm-hmm. still some speculation of whether ghosts is actually dead or not. Um, to me, you know, getting shot, falling off a banister, I would imagine he's dead. But you know, this TV, you never know. And then once again. Nobody works at truth because the owner is literally turning off the lights, shutting, down, shutting the place down. Himself. Just, just stop it. So yeah. you know that show that that the end. It was just like, I, I, like I said, I saw something bad happening to Ghost. Ghost probably getting shot or killed from the, the as earlier as the Tate scene when he was just kind of going OD. And then I definitely yeah. confirmed that <laughs> my thought of that with the Dre scene, which was right behind it. Um, so we know how that ended. Let's let's kind of get into. We got I think six suspects. So we got Pat, Applause, Sax, Tariq, Tasha, and Tommy, and uh, Tate and Tate. Um, yeah. So let's. I mean, oh, do, Dre, and Dre. Damn, forgot about Dre. Dre. Not in for say Dre. So forgot about seven. Dre. Seven. Seven. So that's crazy. And I think it has been confirmed. It's not a a, a twist. It's not a trick. It's, I think they yeah, have admitted one that of one of them. these seven have done it. Do you want to give a? Who you think did it? Do you want to give a ranking as to who is the most likely to the least likely? How you want to kind of. Because uh, we coming back in January. I think the season starts again January 5th. Um, yeah. So we, we we wait through the Christmas season, about six weeks or so, and then we'll be back rocking on the show. Uh, who you think done it? Um, who is it? Who shot, who shot Ghost? Because it would be the most obvious, 
I'm gonna say Tariq, um, only because like I don't think they're in a position to surprise us with anyone else. Yeah, it makes no sense for it to be Paz. Just hasn't been around enough. Not not right. You know, not big enough of a character. Uh, her motivation. You know, she's upset that her sister died, but I don't think her motivation is enough to. I don't think they can let somebody she shouldn't even be, like her kill. She shouldn't ghosts. even been there. Yeah, yeah. She shouldn't even been in that lineup. Like, okay, you just a few hours ago, this dude. You know, she. You went and told this guy that like you knew it wasn't him, but you feel so wronged that he won't tell you that you were gonna you were gonna march up to this dude with a gun after you told him you weren't coming back. Right. So it makes no sense for it to be, for it to be her. Um, it's not gonna be Sax just because it's not gonna be Sax. Um, also, yeah, pro- I, I yeah. think with Saxon Tate, the, the same reason for they they aren't losing enough by Ghost winning to justify, right? Well, the uh, the the, the repercussions of murder. Like Tate, okay, he didn't win this this chance of being the governor. He still is a city councilman. He still is very popular. He can always run for governor again, or he can run for another right. political office. So why would he risk his life? To get that petty revenge on Ghost. Same thing for Sax. Just because he talked trash to you. Yeah. Just because he talked trash. And same thing with Sax. Sax, um, you know, is going to jail or whatever, but is Ghost mean that much told that he's going to kill him? So to me, it to me, and then to me, I think realistically, it can only be one of three people. It's either Tariq, Tommy, or Dre. Um, I don't even think it's Tasha because I just don't think Tasha, in this situation, what, I, I honestly don't think her motivation is strong enough to kill. Uh, ghost, like you were saying earlier, yeah, she upset that they get a divorce and he freed her, but I don't think he's wronged her enough, or they justify him wronging her enough to for him, for her to kill him. Um, so the and I I want to say I don't want to say Tariq because it's just so obvious, and I think that's an easy answer. Um, yeah, I don't want to either, but like I feel like I have to because yeah. it's just like the the I if I don't even know if I can even watch this spinoff. If it centers around him, um, if it does, they they gotta repair his character. But like, he's the only one that would gain from it, really. Um, Tommy loves like is for as much crap as they've been talking to each other. Tommy loves goes too much to to do this. Yeah, and um, we've seen that. We've and, seen that throughout the, the, right. the entire series. Tommy has repeatedly chosen ghosts or or saving ghosts over everybody else he has loved, over his uh, own father, over. You know, Harley, who at the time was of the love of his life, over everybody else, he's always come back to ghosts. Um, right. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the wild card. I'm going to go with Dre. I'm going to say Dre is the okay. killer, and then the spinoff focuses on Tariq trying to get revenge against Dre for killing his father. I wouldn't be mad at that. I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't be mad at that. I just, I feel like Dre hasn't earned that kill. Sure. Like, he's, he's taken out some people but they've all been kind of low level and they've all been in like sneaky ways. He's never been a straight up run up dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that would actually make it more interesting, but like with the way things have been so telegraphed, I just feel like it's Tariq yeah. it, and it, it, I am not excited about that at all. Like I'm completely underwhelmed. I'm with you. Um, I, I think like they've, I think making it Tariq, if they really want Tariq to be the star of a spinoff, they are asking to spin off this fail by making Tariq kill Ghost. Ghost is too loved by, by the fans and Tariq is too already hated by the fans to support a show starring Tariq after he killed Ghost. I don't think people will like it. I don't think people would follow that. Yeah, that's a hellified gamble when you say it out loud. That's definitely a gamble. 
Um, but I mean, it, it would also speak to the confidence that they've had in a lot of the choices they've made throughout this series, where it's just like, there've been many times we've watched this show and been like, did anyone think to say, I don't think that's a good idea. You know what I mean? Like in this entire episode, did you hear that? Um, apparently in the, um, the, the little post thing, the little power confidential thing. Yeah. I never watched. Um, I didn't either, but like, I've, I've seen a few people state that, uh, it was either Courtney Kemp or one of the other writers said that this episode was written in a day. Oh, really? I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, this has the makings of a, Oh crap, this essay is due tomorrow. Like I need to hit this, this word count. You know what I mean? That's exactly how it feels. Yeah, they could have took that um, shit back. So many big flashy, so many open big, What I hope, yeah, big question. Finish it off with something I hope is a is a big flashy ending, when it's really just a attack on ending we've seen yeah. a billion times. Before. I mean, they got the people talking if nothing else. But, uh, uh, I don't know yeah, if it's but, not in a positive light, but they got them talking. Yeah, this is definitely one of those ones that that like backfired. There's way too many questions, um, and just way too many things that we're just supposed to not think about anymore um retaliation from from mitage's people or and you know pe- these people just looking around the fact that but F- like the fbi even cared that jason mitage was dead you know what i mean i mean they still um, i mean the, f- the body's a body yeah. i guess they still arrest somebody but like i said we we never saw the blowback of a bunch of things we never saw the blowback of benny getting killed we never right. saw any discussion of bg we never scored uh jason's crew I guess they just accepted Dre was the killer, um, so we never saw that. Um, we Tommy never saw seem to care about finding Keisha's killer. Keisha's anymore. killer. We never saw the end of um, uh, uh, Burberry Q. We never saw what happened with Effie right. and whoever she was working with in the shadows. So many things we just haven't got any closure on. And I mean, and I granted they had five episodes left, but I think these five episodes are going to focus on who shot Ghost and still not going to give us the answers to a lot of questions. Because I can see every episode being centered around either one or, I mean, they're going to have to, because seven of them, combine some of them. Uh, maybe they give all the little secondary characters one episode and talk about their rationale or their thoughts as they were leading up to truth and they're kind of eliminating them until we get to the final episode and they show, you know, who did it. Um, but I, I can't see them closing up all these 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 open-ended loophole, not loopholes, but open-ended storylines in these last five episodes i don't see how they no. can do it uh one theory that uh another podcast has mentioned um that the five episodes we get because they're, they're calling this obviously the mid-season finale and then we have another five episodes um they're 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 saying that they're going to treat it almost as another season okay. and that they're going to they're going to give us those five episodes and then they're going to give us the first five episodes of the spinoff and yeah, I mean, kind of continue the story in that way. But this I'm going to be checked out by then. If that's, if that's real, I, I won't be watching. I'll be checked out because they, they said these five episodes are coming and they have given no time frame as to when um, those, the, the second series starts, like when it's actually on the air. I know they are filming it. I've seen people mm. post from the set that it's being filmed, but without in date, and I'm not going to wait from February to August or you know next summer sometime to kind of get a conclusion to the story. I, at this point, I don't care enough about it. I'll be checked out. If it does go down like that, that that'd be a cool. That's a cool marketing and uh, drop 
that's a cool like good drop method uh but you know until it actually happens this is all theoretical um but uh yeah man uh, this is definitely one of our our longer episodes but with reason uh the episode itself was longer um sort of without reason but we had a whole lot to unpack and um we just wanted to give you guys a, uh, all of it uh while you wait for us to return in january uh-huh. um Anything you want to leave the people with before we uh we take our, our mid-season break? Nah, man. Y'all know where to find us. You know, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find great podcasts, you know. Appreciate any like, listen, rate, review, whatever you give us. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, you want to tell them where they can find you, brother? All the same places under Off the Clock Pod, O-F-F-T-H-A, Clock Pod. Um, what he said, like, rate, review, share, comment, all that good stuff. We we love we love all the likes we get on the face on the uh, excuse me on the Instagram post. Um, talk to us, you know what I mean. We don't bite, you know. I don't bite. You bite? Nope. I'm good. Yeah, we don't bite. Like y'all can talk to us. Like we're we're pretty approachable about this stuff. We know y'all. We know y'all listening. We see you out there with the plays and everything. Talk to us. Give us your give us your thoughts on all that stuff. You know what I mean. Um, the, I know the internet can be a scary place for opinions, but you know you, we're not gonna say anything crazy to you. Maybe. Nope. No, we ain't gonna say nothing crazy to you. But yeah, man. Um, we will see you guys in a few months. Uh, happy yeah. holidays and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, don't start playing Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Agree. Psychopaths. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. Peace. Uh-